It's 2022, which means it's a renewal year and you need CEUs. 30 if you're in South Carolina, and three of those have to be on ethics, jurisprudence, and whatever else goes in that category. Look, the year's going by fast, and you can knock out all those requirements with a MedBridge subscription, and you can get 40% off with the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD. I have a friend named Shelly, and she's a little lazy. Her words, not mine. She hasn't done any Con Ed over the past year and a half until she got her subscription set up. And what she does is she just puts modules on her phone while she watches 90 Day Fiance. Great show, by the way. Is she learning anything? No. But is she getting the local governing bodies off her bat? Yes. Your subscription also includes NSCA credits, OCS certification prep courses, patient education, home exercise programs, EMR integration. There's tons and tons of resources. Again, use the discount code BETTERFASTERPOD to get 40% off your individual subscription. That's the best price that MedBridge offers, okay? Only the best for our listeners. Now enjoy the episode. What's happening, Better Faster Podcast listeners? Josh and I got a chance to talk to Dr. Amy DePelto, who is my colleague and one of our employees at Vertex that we are so fortunate to have working with us. And in this one, Amy tells us about her background and her philosophy of blending strength and conditioning into the physical therapy clinic, which also includes the importance of walking the walk and actually taking care of your own fitness as a physical therapist. We also had a great conversation about language and the way that we talk to our patients because believe it or not, it can be just as, if not more important than the actual treatments that we implement. Amy also talks about her passion for treating runners and how she's been able to make an impact in the local running community while being new to the area. And all along the way, she lists several solid resources recommendations, so you may want to take a few notes on this one. And real quickly, if you haven't already, be sure to head on over to iTunes, subscribe to the podcast, and leave a five-star review. We're closing in on 100 reviews, and that's really what helps us reach more people. Now enjoy the episode. Happy Monday, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Better Faster Podcast. Today, Brandon and I are joined by Dr. Amy DePelto, new physical therapist at Vertex PT Specialist, and we are so excited to have Amy on. Amy, how are you? Hey, guys. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Yes, it's only been, um, I think, what, three weeks since you uh, joined the squad here in uh, the Columbia area? Yeah, man. Still getting my feet wet here, but it's been pretty awesome so far, so I'm liking it. Yeah, it flies by quick. I can't believe that you've been here three weeks already. It seems like I just met, I just got to meet you yesterday. Um, but um, yeah, we're so pumped to have you on here. But I figure we would start with you telling uh, the audience a little bit about you know who you are, when you went to school, things you're interested in, all the cool things you're doing, uh, and we get rolling there. Sure. Yeah. So um, I'm got a, a little bit of a, a lengthy story, but I'll try to keep it short if I can. So originally from Atlanta and um, lived there for quite a while and then ended up in Tennessee for most of college. Well, pretty much all of college. Um, did some, did my PT school up in Johnson City, Tennessee. And then <clears throat> after I graduated, I, I wanted to do a residency. So I ended up in uh, Lexington, Kentucky for that, or right outside of Lexington. Um, worked for um, a company there and did an orthopedic residency with them and was privileged to be able to work with um, the, a local college um, in the area and then also um, some high school athletes as well. Um, and, you know, that was super fun for me. So I, I feel like I got like a good 
ortho experience, but also getting um, some sports stuff too, which I'm super passionate about, um, especially in regards to like adolescent athletes and, and female athletes and, and runners got, got to work a lot with some runners. So that was awesome. And um, so I was there for quite a while. And then um, it just, just so happened to work out that I was able to come, come on with Vertex. So it's been super awesome to be able to join the, the crew here and, um, learn some more CrossFit type stuff and get back into that after doing a lot of powerlifting for the last year. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of me in a nutshell at this point, I think. Awesome. Yeah. And that powerlifting, um, foray that you, you know, kind of went through prior to, uh, you know, joining us here and, and starting to get more in the CrossFit stuff. I find that really interesting. And I wanted to kind of touch on that a little bit and ask you how that has shaped your clinical practice and how things like understanding, you know, basic strength conditioning, um, and strength or strength training protocols and how understanding, you know, the, you know, how to load someone, the importance of loading and that kind of thing. How has, you know, your, outlook on you know treatment and how and how you interact with patients change because of uh more of that strength training background yeah it's been um, it's been pretty interesting so i come from uh, an athletic background of a lot of um, endurance sports um so like long time like long distance runner um former collegiate rower at the club level and then um you know a, a few other things thrown into there like obstacle course racing that stuff but the powerlifting thing just kind of um, kind of fell into my lap to an extent. I I was able to get hooked up with a, a really awesome starting strength coach in like five minutes away from where I worked, and um, and you know I had no intent of actually competing in powerlifting, but um, it just got to the point where it was something that a couple one of the other girls that I lifted with decided we were just going to try it. We were like, what the heck? Why not? Let's let's give it a go. And so. Um, it, it was a very, uh, like eye-opening experience, you know, legitimately training for something like that for like probably a good six months. Um, we, you know, I was lifting probably just two, two to three days a week, depending on the week. And it was like, even when I first started lifting consistently, like just on a straight, like linear periodization, uh, or linear, uh, progression, and just even that, to an extent, I think was pretty helpful to to understand in regards to loading patients because, um, you know, that I feel like that's that can be a really good place to start for people that are not well versed in um, exercise, and like patients or even you know, like PT students that don't have like a, a good place to start with that. Um, like a, a strict linear progression. It was interesting to apply um, some of that with a couple of the patients that I had because, and, and I didn't do it with everybody, but, you know, I actually remember working with uh, an, like a, a older client and she was 90, I believe. Um, I had her doing just some very basic um, like functional movements um, and just loading her like incrementally. And within like two months, she had made like drastic improvements um, and it's, it's cool to be able to see stuff like that, especially with that population. Cause you know, a lot of times they are like vastly underloaded. So, um, it's, it, it comes down to like really understanding what it feels like to, to actually like do that yourself, because it's really hard to try to instruct somebody and tell somebody like what they should be feeling and what they should expect to feel if you're not doing it yourself. Amy, I, I agree with that hundred percent. And 
I just want to back up real quick and just, you know, just mention that we are so excited to have you on the Vertex team. And it's just been great just having your fresh perspective really on everything. But just to piggyback off of what you said, I mean, it's it's like the, the old saying, you can't trust a skinny chef. I mean, we, we can't just talk about it. We got to be about it. And, and that's really what gives us credibility, commonality and intent with everything that we do. Now, with that said, though, I, I know you've been actually kind of dipping your toes into the CrossFit world a little bit, right? So the Open is upon us officially, and 19.1, 19.1, I think tomorrow's the, uh, or today's actually the deadline for that. Um, you, did you do that workout? I did, dude. I did that on, uh, what? oh yeah, Friday. So that was that was interspersed in, in some of my other things that I did that day, but um, it was fun. I had a good time doing it. Uh, I was sucking wind a little bit, so it's it good fun. to- <laughs> yeah, yeah well I have a twisted sense of fun <laughs> most people would agree with that so <laughs> no yeah, I think you did well I got to watch that effort it was awesome um and you can definitely tell that the uh rowing background is it's still there um it's one of those things that um you know you take a while to build that aerobic base um through you know something like the the sport of rowing um it, it doesn't just leave you uh, you know, it might, it, it's still, it's still in there and you could see it come out, especially in a workout in which, you know, the majority of the time is spent on the rower. So, um, I thought you did quite well. It was fun to watch. Um, I'm not, I actually have not, I've yet to do it. Um, I, so I will be, uh, hopefully doing that one soon and not looking forward to it. Um, may or may not yeah. report my score back. If we don't talk about it next week. Then you <laughs> why we did not talk about it next week. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to hit that one at lunch. Um, j- just so I can keep some street cred in my prospect patients, but I'm not yeah. looking for that one either yeah, yeah what are they isn't that what the ice guys say you gotta smoke your own dope that's right man yeah that's exactly oh, right man. i love that but uh no amy i loved your your uh, example of loading some of that older population that's kind of what i'm going through with the um the skilled nursing facility the rotation i'm on uh currently um it's it's a population that you know like you mentioned, they don't necessarily, you know, know what it feels like to put in that work. They're, they're chronically underloaded and I'm thankful to be in a situation where I'm getting, getting to experiment with that kind of thing. And I've got, um, you know, CIs that are, uh, you know, open to that kind of thing and listening to, uh, you know, and reading about these kind of things and learning more themselves as seasoned clinicians. And so it's been awesome to, to, try to start uh, implementing that and sprinkling that in there too. Uh, you know, bringing the kettlebells into the clinic and doing swings and carries and step ups and squats and lunges and, and hinging work. I mean, everything you can think of. So, uh, you know, I love, I like that, um, you know, you're able to take that information that you gathered firsthand and, and start, you know, sprinkling it in there. Yeah, man. And that's coming from somebody who, you know, I've obviously been, um, a nerd when it comes to exercise, but you know, when I was in PT school, I did not have a strength and conditioning background like at all. And I just realized that if I wanted to have that, I had to go out and get it. So, um, I, you know, I'd started buying, like buying books and reading a lot of stuff in regards to that. And, you know, I'm definitely nowhere near like an actual, like a, like a legit strength and conditioning coach. I just have a lot of that like knowledge now from, from experience, but like, I mean, I tell students all the time, like, if you want to learn more about that, you got to go train yourself or get somebody to train you, preferably have a coach because you will learn a ton by having somebody coach you in that regard. Um, Even if you know a lot of stuff, it's still helpful to have somebody coach you. Absolutely. You got to, you got to immerse yourself in it. I mean, it's really the only way to learn. It's just so much. And I mean, I, I, I don't think you ever learn at all. I mean, it's, it's it's just like the PT field. I mean, it's Socrates said, the only thing that makes me smarter than you is that I know I'm not. And 
it's just so much information out there. And, um, you, I mean, it's, it's a constant, constant thing to stay ahead of it. Um, but Amy, I do want to switch gears a little bit and talk about language, the way we talk to our patients. Cause I know this is something we were talking about before the show. It's a topic that, you know, we all, but you especially feel strongly about, um, you know, the way we see our patients, how we frame things. Um, so, and, you know, I think this all kind of stemmed from something that you have seen on either social media or talking to someone. Would you mind elaborating on that? Yeah. Yeah. Josh and I were, we're out, we're back in the gym um, talking about some like Instagram posts that somebody put up about how, how they, f- they talk about fixing patients. And, um, and we both were kind of like, ugh, like, just kind of shaking our heads a little bit um, about that because I, I think that gives patients the the wrong message about what we are there for. You know, like we are obviously there to to help them, but you know, we're not there to fix them per se. We are there to like empower them to be able to do things for themselves. And at least that's my take on it. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but um, no, I totally agree. Yeah, yeah we want to give them that internal locus of control, like we learned in school, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, just to elaborate on that a little bit more, um, I, when when I had my um, first uh, PT student come through and work with me, um, you know, one of my goals for him, um, at, probably the biggest goal that I had for him was um, to explain like what he was doing with a patient and why. Um, and that's, that's super valuable and you do have to be like a little bit meticulous sometimes with what you're saying and, and be kind of choosy with your words because patients really like will latch on to what you're saying. Um, if they, you know, trust in you and believe in, in what you're telling them. So, um, I was, I was really big on having him explain what he was doing and why he was doing it. Not only because it's going to help the patient feel more comfortable, um, and really like value what you're telling them, but also because that's actually going to help you um, realize like what you know and don't know. Um, so I, I think, I just think the the value of that can't be understated. 100%. I mean, I feel like these days, especially, it is so competitive just to even get into physical therapy school. So everybody that comes out is, is such a high achiever, but you, you can't be a dork in the clinic. You've, you've got to be relatable. I mean, I think there's a saying that says that if you can't explain what you're doing to a five-year-old, then you're probably a charlatan and that's a problem. So uh, it's, it, it, but it is a little bit of a skill. I mean, it takes, it takes a lot of practice because I think especially when you come right out of school, everything is so didactic and you're you know, reading so much in terms of journals and things like that. And, you know, unless you got a chance to practice that in the clinic, it, it really does take a lot of reps to kind of fine tune that. And that's something that, you know, I'm still constantly kind of working on. And, 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 you know, on the other side of this too, just while we're on the topic of language, nocebic language too, I mean, that's, that's, that's still a problem, right? I think that we see it a lot more maybe in the, in the physician world, you know, that the way that certain people talk to patients, you know, I think that, you can, you can really ruin someone. And it's something that we battle every day with people coming to the clinic. I mean, um, you know, someone's whole quality of life can be ruined because they think they have some kind of like a non-existent problem just because of something that showed up on an x-ray that probably didn't matter in the first place. I mean, back surgeries, you know, we've heard about this for over a decade now, but there's still a ton of unnecessary lumbar fusions being performed out there every single day that 
it's insane. And, you know, it's reasons like that, that I think make it even more important that we as therapists get to people first and, you know, that we, you know, earn the respect that we feel like we deserve. And uh, it's, it's, it's a tough thing, but there's a lot of potential to, to make a positive impact. I don't want to sound super negative. Sure. I mean, yeah. One of my favorite things to, to tell patients when they come in, like really worried about like structural problems that some physician has told them that they're like the spine is falling apart. I love the wrinkles on the inside. Oh, that's such a good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 There, and then there's so many other good analogies out there, but you know, when, when patients come in and talk about stuff like that, I, I do think that it's, you know, helpful to almost be in a sense, be lighthearted with them um, to just help them realize that like, you know, they aren't falling apart. Like, I love telling people that they are strong and robust because um, I think I really think that matters sometimes to to give patients encouragement like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's almost like we have to be hope dealers because they're so inundated with people telling them what's wrong with them, and yep. you know that circles back around what we first talked about about how we can empower people to really fix themselves in the long run. Yeah, absolutely, I I'll never forget. Um, I can't remember exactly where I got this from, but I know there was a, a really good blog post put out on the like EIM blog, um, like probably a couple of years ago. And um, Brett Nielsen wrote it and he's talking about um, essentially like what your patient really wants to know. Um, and that's going to help you, you know, get better outcomes. And um, I, I always think about this in the back of my mind when I'm like telling patients like prognosis wise, um, you know, what I think might be going on and like what, you know, what needs to happen for us to help address it. And Louis Gifford, so famous guy in, in the pain science realm, um, yep. like has four questions that the, pretty much the four questions that patients want to know. Number one is what's wrong with me. Number two is how long will it take? Number three is what can I, the patient do for it? And then number four is what can you, the PT or other practitioner do for it? I feel like if we focused on those four things with a lot of patients that would that would just help (laughs) not just not just outcomes but just your relationship with them in general yeah no I love that that's awesome I think that's great and I got to give a shout I know you mentioned the wrinkles just to take it back a second the wrinkles on the inside analogy and we've mentioned it before on here but I like um uh, Jared Carter's book um sticks and stones for that reason you know it talks uh you know it gives a, a a ton of different examples like that and analogies like that on ways to uh, explain things to patients is like you know Brandon mentioned we have to be able to put it at a level to that where it's understandable and we have to use the right kind of language and so I think that's that's been a great resource for me even in my coaching practice on how to you know I no longer talk about you know, when I'm comparing a couple of different things, oh, well, we're weak in this area, so we need to work on it, or we're, you know, we don't have, we're, you know, we are unstable here, you know, like those words are, are, are not where I'm going with it, even with that population, I'm talking about, well, you know what, we're going to prioritize this, so we can continue to build strength there, or we're going to build more stability here, because it's going to help with this, or, or whatever the situation might be, and just, you know, framing it a little differently changes, you know, changes things so much. So um, I just want to make sure we mentioned, um, you know, some resources there for some people. Um, But, uh, you know, I thought, I think every point you're making um, was awesome there. Yeah. And I think there's, um, you know, like there's a a very popular article that I remember reading um, like quite a long time ago, the words that harm words that heal. Mm -hmm. I probably, if I had to guess one of the most referenced things in regards to this topic 
mm -hmm. um, which I would recommend um, folks reading as well because that's going to give you a, a really good indication of maybe where to start with some of this stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. There's, there's that one. And then there's actually a, is a JOSP, JOSPT article that came out last year called Sticks and Stones too. And it's just right. got a really nice chart in there. We actually have it taped up on the whiteboard at our other office. I need to do it at the new one too, but um, it's just a really, really nice reminder of just simple ways that we can talk to people and not, you know, ingrain that that nocebic language that really isn't necessary and can create more problems in the long run too yeah awesome. and i know it can be hard to like as a especially as a pt student to try to implement some of this stuff especially when like you're just so in your head about everything mm -hmm. but you know unfortunately it just does take practice to get better at it but if you mm -hmm. don't practice it you're definitely not going to get better at talking mm -hmm. to patients like that so you know, none of us are perfect. And I find myself like fumbling over my language sometimes um, and, and like wishing, oh man, I wish I didn't just say that. But, you know, if you can even just practice getting better at it, it will get better. Right. Yeah. And I think that that's one thing that I know from a coaching standpoint too, it took me a while to not realize I don't need to tell the person every single thing I know about what's going on. Um, you know, because it's like we get, you know, we, we learn all these great things, whether it be PT school or whatever you're, you're studying. And the first thing you want to do is, is tell people, you know, and it's like, you know, I remember, you know, like watching somebody's, uh, you know, watching their squat and maybe there's like a lateral shift and, and, you know, the first thing I would do is I want to tell them exactly what I think is going on. And, you know, it's this, 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 and maybe, maybe because of this, and we're going to do this. And then hopefully it ends up here. And it's like, the, it was a long winded way of being like, you know what, I think that it might benefit you to do, you know, this drill real quick, let's try it. And then let's get back under the bar and see how it goes. And then, you know, it, 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 it was, it took a while to get to that point. Um, and it's the same thing with, with choosing the right language. It's like, we know so much, especially as a new PT or as in my case, a PT student, when I get in an eval or, or somebody asks a question, it's like, I've got all this underlying information that I'm just so excited that I know that I'm so excited to share. And I realized like, I don't need to even be saying half of this. It's not going to help in, in this instance. I need to figure out, okay, what does the patient need to know? How will, how do I say it in a way that's going to help them realize that they are going to be able to manage this independently, that we can improve and that they're not going to need to rely on me and that they're strong, they're resilient, whatever it might be. Um, but yeah, it's hard sometimes to adjust from, from that way of thinking. Yeah, because what ends up happening is a lot of times they just get paralysis by analysis too. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. that that in, that inverse relationship between like the number of home exercise program, <laughs> home exercises you give them and the ones they actually do. Yeah. Um, so it's always something to keep in mind. Keep in mind you can keep it simple. Usually things yep. work out for the best. Simple and avoid the word vomit. That's my my That's thing. Right. <laughs> yep. I got it. I got it. One hundred percent. Yep. Narrow <laughs> down what I'm saying. <laughs> Oh man, I'm still working on that. As you can tell, I just kind of ranted about it for a while. So I still uh, may need to work on the whole word vomit thing, but um, no. Um, anyway, I want to do uh, change gears a little bit here because I know that you um, recently did a pretty cool thing. And I think it's something that we're hoping to expand on and that I know you've got some experience with, and that's going and doing some of these like little clinics or workshops with gyms or, 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 or hosting them on site for specific populations like runners or whatever it might be. Um, I know you went and did one this weekend um, with a local uh, Orange Theory here in, uh, in Columbia. And um, I wanted to talk to you one about how that went. And then two, you know, as a new PT to the area, 
you know, how beneficial are those things? Do you think it's important to start putting your name out there? You know, you see guys like, you know, Danny and Eve who both had in the podcast that are, that are preaching, going and doing these workshops and how important they are to increase, you know, your brand, your awareness, what you're doing, help, you know, spread the, the good word of, of direct access and PT, you know, come to me if you have a, an issue, um, but also providing information to help, you know, prevent a lot of these different things that they're going through. So uh, can you talk a little bit about that and, and uh, you know, what you might have planned in the future? Yeah, man, um, that, that was super fun. Um, I, so I ended up uh, talking to like seven or eight women, some, something like that um, at, at this Orange Theory. And um, it, you know, it's like my favorite population of, of people to talk to just because I'm super passionate about that. Um, being like a longtime female athlete myself and um, I, you know, I ended up talking about injury prevention to them, which, um, you know, that topic is just <laughs> so important because that's why we have a job. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I think it's really valuable to be able to educate people on that, um, that topic in particular, because, you know, there's so much I feel like we can, can educate people about to, you know, help, hopefully help prevent them from coming to see us. But, um, you know, sometimes that, that doesn't always happen, but if we can at least give them um, a good indication of like uh, awareness maybe on, on some things like, you know, they can try to, to better themselves so that they don't have to come see us. But um, that was like, that was one thing that I, I talked about, but um, you know, after that we ended up going more into some running stuff and that was super fun because I love talking about um, like all things running with, with patients. So, um, we talked a little bit about running shoes and then ended up doing a little bit of, um, running gait analysis on the treadmill, which is, um, which is always interesting. And, um, yeah, I mean, it went really well. Everyone was very responsive and had a lot of good questions. So that's always a good thing. I think, um, you know, especially because it seems like if you don't have questions, um, then, then maybe like I talked over their heads and <laughs> don't want that to happen. Um, so it was, it was great. Um, it, it's, it's tough when you move to a new place and don't, you know, know a lot of the community yet. So, you know, getting out and doing stuff like that is super helpful, you know, just from a standpoint of like promoting good quality physical therapy, number one, but then also to just get your name out in the community. And, you know, yeah, it's a good like marketing tactic, but also it just shows people that you care. And like, you know, we all genuinely care about helping people. So, um, it, you know, when you're really passionate about stuff like that, I say get out and do it as much as you can, because that you, you're just going to reach more people that way. Um, so, you know, we have some, some stuff in mind for kind of growing the Casey clinic a little bit more in regards to targeting some, some of the running population, just because that is a passion of mine still. So we actually are, are wanting to host some group runs from our clinic and then hopefully, you know, some more kind of seminars or, or workshops like that, um, you know, interspersed with those runs. So I think that'll be really awesome to just be able to give back to that community a little bit more. Yeah. The, uh, the, the Casey community is primed for, just, just a, a lot of growth. I mean, there's the place is booming right now. Um, and you know, I just want to elaborate on what Josh was saying and, and what you 
did for for our company this weekend by doing in that doing that clinic at Orange Theory. I think it's a Richard Branson quote or philosophy, but basically, you know, when you get an opportunity opportunity presented to you, you always say yes, even if you're not exactly sure how you're going to execute, you'll figure it out before you do it. And you know, I've just been so impressed with everything you've been able to bring to the table, Amy, in just three weeks. And, you know, you've already been making an impact in the community and, and really in the lives of our patients. And it's only three weeks on the job. And I mean, you rocked out that clinic. It was very well done. I saw it on the live stream, the intro. I mean, you hit on all the key points in a really digestible manner. And that, that's not easy to do. And I got to brag on you a little bit more because we get contacted by people and it seems that people are constantly looking for keys to success with business and, and really anything in life. And, you know, Amy sets a good example here because you can do all the right things and wait for something to happen, or you can actually take action and create some opportunities for yourself. And you know, I really appreciate all the drive and the initiative and it's making us all better. And, you know, it's hard to believe you're only a year or some change out of school. I mean, you are wise beyond your years and I'm looking forward to seeing how you continue to evolve. Well, I appreciate all of the, the compliments. That's very nice of you. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, no, I think that, no, that's, um, I'm excited to hopefully get us to where we can expand a little bit more into that running community. Um, I have to give a plug again to uh, Chris Johnson in that course. That was actually where I got to meet Amy the first time that course was posted last November at Vertex, um, his clinical running essentials. Um, one w- awesome course. If you're a clinician, you want to work with runners. Like I think you got to put it on the must take list. Um, yeah. I love that. And his book is, it's fantastic too. And, and so I'm excited that, um, you know, this is a passion of yours and that we have this opportunity to maybe expand to that because I do feel like that's a population specifically that, I don't want to say is misguided, but I think it there it, it's, it's a population that's been doing something the same way for a very, very long time. And we know how difficult sometimes it is to implement some change. So uh, I know there's still resistance to, um, you know, to strength training and to, you, you know, those, you know, basic principles there and to, you know, really paying attention to your, your, you know, volume management. And it, it's, amazing that we're still doing some of the things that have been around for so long when we kind of have this this research and this literature and this new uh, you know outlook on what is a way to be successful and prevent you know injuries uh, a, a little bit better I guess I guess lessen the prevalence of injuries um, so can you talk a little bit more about what you think um, you know in terms of working with runners you know how important are some of these other things outside of just putting miles in on the track yeah, man, <clears throat> we talked about some of that on, on Saturday and, you know, Chris, I've, I've learned so much from, um, just talking with Chris over the last, like probably three, four years, something like that. Um, he's just wise. He's wise beyond his years when it comes to <laughs> PT and, and all kinds of stuff. But, you know, I, I tell runners all the time, like in regards to strength training, like if you think about running, it puts about five times body weight through your legs. So if you, you know, were able to even like squat or deadlift, like two times your body weight, like just imagine how, how like better your body would be at absorbing load, the load of demands of running. And like, I don't feel like that's like a really complicated thing to understand. I think it makes sense if you think about it, like if you're not doing any of that right now, you know, it's not that you're not going to be good at running or anything like that, but you're just going to be able to adapt to load better if your bones and muscles and tendons are stronger. Um, so that's, that's a big one. And I mean, I got a lot of other questions, like a lot, a lot of times 
um, people ask about like run like specifically about running shoes and like if they matter and like which ones are the better ones to use and that kind of stuff but um you know i mean strength training is like is is such a hot button topic in running and it's it's really important to i, I try to promote that as much as i can with with runners that come into the clinic No, that's awesome. I think that's so important. I'm glad that, um, you know, we have another person in the community that's going to be able to help push that kind of thing. Um, especially in the Columbia area, it, it seems to be even more in other areas, um, that, you know, I've been around, um, to kind of be stuck in the, the, you know, we don't do strength training, um, you know, for various reasons. So I'm excited that maybe we'll be able to, uh, you know, influence that a little bit in what I think is a positive way. Um, I'm excited too, but I'm like, dang, I'm probably gonna start running again. I know I'm worried. I'm worried that I'm going to get dragged into these um, on on the weekend. So I don't, I don't know how I feel about that part of it. We'll just put you in a wagon and then you can just ride. Oh, I'm all about that. That 100%. (laughs) I will sit and let somebody else drag me the entire time. No worries at all. Just program it in for one of your clients, man. They'll do anything you say. Yeah, I no, mean, that I counts as that. you're going to put that on my workout now. <laughs> I know, I can add that into tra- it's funny. I can just start throwing that in. That's uh, you know, we might, uh, you might see that on Saturday run with, with Josh <laughs> in wagon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that's going to be great. I'm, I'm pumped. And then, you know, that, that kind of leads into the next thing, you know, um, you're, you're also, um, kind of in your journey to expand into, you know, the back into the CrossFit realm a little bit. I know you've got some experience there and really specifically learning some more about the Olympic lifting to better be able to serve uh, that CrossFit population. Um, you know, it's been a couple of weeks now of you and I starting to work together um, in the strength conditioning side of things uh, and just, you know, putting you on the spot, you know, how's it been going um, and, you know, what kinds of things are you finding to be, you know, you know, more difficult? Um, what kind of things have you picked up quickly? Um, and give us a, a little uh, brief uh, summary of how things have gone in that department. Yeah, it's it's been fun. I mean, I genuinely just enjoy pretty much any type of exercise, but it's been really good to um, to branch back into that um, into that realm. Just because uh, you know, it, it, when you do treat that population, it's really hard to identify with them if you are not at least doing something similar to it. Um, you know, number one, so that you can learn what it feels like to be doing those movements. Um, and then, you know, to just give the patient expectation again, it comes back to that expectation of, um, you know, what, what they should be feeling and, you know, what's okay and what's not okay, that kind of stuff. So it's been fun. Um, it's definitely challenging for sure coming out of powerlifting and, um, and not doing a tremendous amount of cardio the last six months. Um, it's, it's been, it's been good to get back into that. Cause you know, I do, I do love that stuff. So um, the Olympic lifting has been the most challenging for sure um, out of everything, just because it, they are, you know, they're definitely complex movements. So it's going to be quite a while before I, I feel comfortable with those, but I definitely think it's getting be- a little bit better every week. Um, so it'll, it'll keep getting that way, but um, we got, got a little bit of a, a journey ahead before I feel like I'm um, making it. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, you've been, and you know, I've been fortunate enough too, not only in, in getting the, you know, having the privilege of writing, uh, you know, your training program and working with you, but um, the time that you train happens to also be that, you know, a time when I'm on the floor. So um, that has been great too, getting to actually work on drilling the, the you know, that Olympic lifting work. And it is, um, you know, it's, one of those things that, you know, it really is an expression of the strength we develop elsewhere. You know, it's one of those things like you have that powerlifting background, you're fairly strong already and it shows, but it's amazing how that, how the intricacies of the movement, you know, it just takes time. It takes repetition. And, and I have to give you credit. You've picked, you pick things up very, very quickly. Um, but you know, that's why I, you know, I love what I love about the sport of fitness and the sport of weightlifting is, you know, you can be the strongest person in the world, but it, it is, so technical and you never have it mastered and it is something that there is always something to keep working on um so i'm excited to to get to you know go on that journey with you um and you know i i, I hate to break to you but yeah that journey is never ending you know you never get mm -hmm. to where you've mastered uh you know mastered the snatch perfectly um so uh it, it is frustrating so yeah <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be fun, though. I, I, I have to give you credit, and I'm excited to also, you know, hopefully have you from the, uh, a coaching side, too, um, you know, maybe expanding into that as well. Um, I know you have a, a passion for working with, with athletes and things like that. So um, hopefully that role will get to expand, um, you know, in your time here in Columbia, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, anything else that's on your mind uh, that you want to talk about, Brandon? Anything else you got? Yeah, I got one more thing, Amy. What, tell me about these Instagram posts with these these recipes. <laughs> <laughs> these things look amazing. I have. Um, I'm actually a chef. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I yeah. I well. So I I I talk about how I'm going through Precision Nutrition's um, like level one certification. I love their stuff. I'm slightly obsessed with John Berardi. Mm. Um, I I just have been getting really into cooking. I mean, I have been for a while. Um, which is hilarious because if you if you were to ask any of my family members if they thought that I would be good at cooking um, like 10 years ago they'd be like get out of here because um, I used to be terrible but um, you know if you want to eat healthy you got to learn how to cook um, it's pretty hard I mean you know Primal Gourmet in uh, Colombia makes it easy to eat healthy now but you know I love I mean I just genuinely uh, like cooking so um so yeah, I'm pretty into like getting creative with recipes and then posting them on Instagram so that people can um, maybe test them out if they want to, um, or just have me cook for them, you know. <laughs> now what, and what is that Instagram handle for the people they want to learn more? That's uh, at Iron Lady DPT. I love that Instagram handle too. Um, that awesome. That that's awesome. Um, but in that talk, you mentioned two awesome resources too. I love the precision nutrition stuff. I plan on one day doing that, but they put out so much free content. I feel like I've already learned a ton from them. Um, but, uh, also Greg and primal man, um, you know, we love having them. They're moving to, to our backyard. You know, they're going to be in West Columbia too. So, um, we're so pumped to have them there and, and you're right. It's a great resource. Um, but, uh, especially if there's a, a budgetary stuff going on, like being a great cook um you know is is one way to still be able to follow a plan that's right for you and, and still keep it affordable you know the you know it's something that when you can do it yourself you know that's one way when i talk with people when they're you know we're talking about eating well on a budget um so uh, that's awesome that you've been putting those things out there are a couple that i have saved i love that instagram has the saved feature now uh oh, you know yeah. or at least they probably have had it forever but i love that i've figured that out um that they have the saved feature um, so uh <laughs> Yeah, you know, sometimes I'm a little tech challenge. Um, so I've, I've got a couple of years saved. Um, 
and, and to, to try out here uh, shortly. Uh, I'm probably gonna have to get Kelsey to help me. Uh, let's be honest here, but um, uh, I, that's definitely you know something that I want to expand on, and I'm excited to learn from you as you go through that nutrition process. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I actually use that feature too because that's where I get the recipes from. Is I'll see something on there, and then I'll usually adapt it to whatever I feel like you know cooking or what what I find at the store sometimes so um it's honestly it's a lot easier to eat healthy than people think it's it always sounds like very complicated to do stuff but like I think that's one of the reasons why I decided to even start doing the Instagram posts on on that stuff because the stuff like the stuff that I make tends to not be super complicated because I don't have time for complicated um I do a lot of crockpot stuff and then stuff that's really pretty easy to put together but um, if you just gen like generally know like what ingredients go well with what ingredients, um, you can make a lot of good stuff and make it really healthy and and pretty affordable as well. That's awesome. No, I I, uh, I like that you're putting those out. I, I appreciate it as another resource. Um, I'm gonna try a few out, a few of them out. And before we officially sign off, I wanted to mention this at the beginning, but I didn't get a chance, Brandon. How was, you know, the wrestling match on <laughs> Saturday night that you and Rachel went to? <laughs> Dude, it was amazing. Technically, technically it was Rachel and, and my son. Right? Oh, She's yeah. Baby Bo getting to go on too. Huh? <laughs> Dude, it, it, was, it was great, man. I love WWE. So this, was, this is what the, the people in the industry call a house show, which means it's a non-televised event. So they're, they're basically practicing all the spots for the big pay-per-views at like WrestleMania. So it was a good show, man. It was, it was real good. You know, sometimes you got to suspend reality a little bit to, to have a good time. That's awesome, man. I've never, uh, never been to a show like that. I think the next time they come through, oh. I might tag along. Um, Dude, I was living my best life. <laughs> no, I love it. I love it, man. Uh, I'm, I'm glad uh, the little guy, um, you know, it got to experience it already. <laughs> First of many. First of May, that's awesome. That's well, right. um, Amy, again, we thank you so much for your time. Um, can you know? I know you said it once, but you give everybody, um, you know, where they can find you. Yeah. Um, so on on Instagram at Iron Lady DPT. I used to have Twitter. I don't have it anymore. So I'm pretty much just on Instagram and Facebook. And then, um, yeah, that's it. Awesome. Well, again, we're so excited to have you a part of the squad on both the, you know, the PT side with Vertex and of course the strength and conditioning side. Um, you know, we're, we're very thankful that you're, you're here with us and we're excited to grow all these different projects we keep throwing out there. So hopefully all of our listeners, especially if you're in the area, um, you know, keep saying, stay tuned for that. You know, we'll have more dates of these things dropping soon. Um, you know, different things, you know, hopefully that will, will benefit you that you can come to or, or that we can stream and, and you can check out. So uh, stay tuned for all that. As always, if you haven't already, please uh, subscribe, rate, review, uh, you know, on iTunes. We really appreciate uh, all the reviews that we already have we're trying to get to 100 we're getting close we really appreciate if you left us a review um and you know and rated the podcast too it's how we reach more people it's also a great place to leave a question a comment a guest you want us to try to have on any of those things we we try to take those in tournament episodes if we can so uh thank you if you've already done that if you haven't please go ahead and do that for us it takes 30 seconds and it really helps uh thank you again for tuning in thank you amy and as always we'll see you guys next monday this episode is brought to you by Vertex PT Specialist. One patient per doctor of physical therapy per hour. Guaranteed. The best physical therapy ever. Check us out at vertexpt.com or on the gram at vertexpt.